Good morning and welcome to episode 272 of Taking the Charge Podcast with you from Toronto, Canada. David Hyen of Hyen News, thank you for stopping by. Oh, what a week of World uh, FIBA Basketball World Cup 2019 qualifiers. Loads of action throughout the, the continent and uh, a few upsets and some great some great games and, and, and really was, uh, you know, at least watching the games from... Um, you know, from TV, from you know, online streams, whatever. You know, you really had a feeling that uh, that it was a great atmosphere, um, and uh, so I think it's uh, been a pretty pretty fun time. Uh, talk about it a little bit in a second. Uh, just first to let you know how you can get in contact with the show. You can go to you can go to Twitter and catch me on uh, there at High News H E I N N E W S. You can go to the website highnews.com. There's the Facebook group. Just put in the search bar, Taking the Charge Podcast. You reach us there. You can contact the show at highnews at gmx.de. You can go to Patreon and support the show, patreon.com slash taking the charge, all one word. Become a Patreon and support the show, show the love uh, of the show. And uh, you can also go to iTunes and rate and review the show. Uh, yeah, you know, it was uh, pretty exciting. Um, I didn't have the, didn't have much time to watch on the first day with the Thursday. That was actually Thanksgiving here in, in, uh, North America. I was in California and didn't really have a chance to, to watch very much of it. Uh, the Friday was, was, uh, the first day of the Europeans and had some great action there. And, uh, you know, really just, I think you had a, I think you had overall a real positive vibe from, from what, uh, from what you could, what you could gather, you know, the, the fans, you know, you look at the Africa, the Africa, uh, you know, just logistically, you know, doing home and aways for Africa's, you know, just real hard. And so, you know, the crowds that you saw in Africa and Angola for, for those games, especially the Egypt Angola game and, uh, just was, you know, really fantastic. And, uh, you know, Angola coming out of there undefeated, not really that big of a surprise. The other half of, of the Africans will take, will start in, in, uh, will start in, in April, in, uh, in February, the second window. And, uh, but, you know, looking at, at Europe, you know, Turkey was able to knock, uh, to beat Latvia at home. Um, you had, you had a, uh, Bosnia getting a good win at home against Russia. Germany once again beat uh, Georgia. Georgia. They had played in the in the uh, in EuroBasket. Netherlands got a big upset at home over Croatia. 
weren't able to to uh, to repeat that, and uh, actually lost in the second game. Um, you had uh, you had France coming back from a thirteen point half point half halftime deficit to beat uh, Belgium, and then you had the thriller uh, between Great Britain going overtime with Greece. Uh, those are some of the first first day highlights. Um, you look at the second second group of games. Um, you know, Turkey, uh, Italy. You know, handing Croatia. You know, quite a bit of a of a of a of a a, t- a, t- a Croatian team that, that is missing quite a few players. Uh, but they're two zero oh and two now. Uh, Netherlands ended up losing in Romania, so big win for Romania. Uh, Lithuania, big twenty-point win over Poland. Uh, you had you had uh, Spain knocking off Slovenia. That was a that was a good battle. Uh, Russia, you know, some more heartbreak for Belgium again losing a, a double-digit lead, uh, losing to to Russia. Greece, they had a couple of their Euroleague players come in. Kalates, uh, Antikombo, Wojciechowskis. Uh, and that obviously gave them a bit of a uh, a spark, and and they, you know, really took it to Israel in the second half. Finland lost at home against the Czech Republic. Uh, just a huge performance there by Blake Schilp. You know, five three pointers within about five minutes in the fourth quarter to 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 get that one. Estonia, a huge win. You know, congrats out to Tallinn. Uh, Estonia knocking off uh, Great Britain. Great Britain again lose a heartbreaker. Uh, Serbia, Serbia looked good. Serbia looked really good, um, especially turned it up in the second half. Scored 100, 100, 105 points in beating Georgia at home. Germany again impressive. First they beat Georgia and then they take down uh, Austria by uh, by forty points, forty one points in Austria, uh, where you know it's been a you know Austria's been Austria. We talked about it, I think before. You know Austria is a, a kind of a team that's kind of picking up. And uh, France really took it to uh, France. Really took it to Bosnia and Herzegovina. Um, held uh, Duzan Musa in check. So uh, yeah, it's just some really good action in Europe. Uh, going to check out some of the the, the games elsewhere. We mentioned already the Africa stuff. Um, you had the uh, in Americas. You had the big upset. Uh, I think you can call it. Nah, I mean, really, I think you can call it an upset with with um, with uh, Dominican Republic knocking off Canada. It was in Dominican Republic, but Canada, you're still a pretty good team. And but Dominican Republic took them down. USA won both of their games. Uh, let's check it out real quick. So first games. Uruguay getting a big win at home. Puerto Rico giving a challenge at home to to the USA. Mexico knocking off Cuba. Uh, Brazil going to Chile and knocking them off. Dominican Republic are two and zero after pre, after uh, they also beat uh, Virgin Islands. Canada took down Bahamas at home. Uh, like we mentioned, you know that was the big upset that uh, that they. That they got beat, the Canadians did by Dominican Republic. Chile bounced back with a win over Colombia. Virgin Islands a big win at at uh, Bahamas. Uh, Brazil took down Venezuela. And uh, yeah, so Argentina beat Panama at home uh, on the road. 
So, so, so you know, a lot of uh, really, I think the the one the one result was the Canadian game, Canada Canada losing down uh, in uh, in Dominican Republic. Dominican Republic is a good team, but you'd think that Canada could have been uh, should have been able to maybe to get that one. Uh, heading over to Asia, looking, you know, that was actually the very first game of the entire uh, World Cup qualifiers. You had uh, New Zealand getting uh, getting beat at home. I'm not going to call it an upset. Korea, you know, they 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 uh, had beaten them twice, including in the third place game at the uh, Asia Cup, and uh, they went down down to New Zealand and beat them there. Uh, you had uh, Philippines winning in Japan. And uh, you had you had Iraq beating uh, Iran uh, at home um, in Amman. I guess it wasn't in home, but it was uh, in in uh, it was a home game, and and they beat Iran. That's you know that's a pretty big feat for them. A good win for for Iraq in, in their start of their in the start of their tournament day two. Uh, had the big matchup Korea unable to do things, unable to get it done. Uh, they got beat at home to China. Um, then New Zealand bounced back, big win over, uh, big win over Hong Kong. Jordan beat Lebanon, big win for for Jordan there. Uh, Australia, big win, uh, convincing win over Japan. Uh, did a lot of things. Have to be have to be impressed with what the Australians were able to do. Philippines took down Chinese Taipei. Iran did get their win over uh, Qatar, and uh, Kazakhstan knocked off off Iraq. So. Um, you know, what I think one of the biggest things you see is, uh, you know, the, these are national team games and, and as, as you know, a national team game winning at home, uh, or winning on the road in, in, in any atmosphere. And then it's also, if it's a national team game an international game is that much stronger, uh, that much more difficult to, you know, especially cause you know, these, most of these games have, weren't taking place in the, in the huge, in the huge venues, uh, but they were a little bit more intimate, a little more tight, you know, a little, you know, the fans are kind of right on you. And uh, so you, you saw some of that. You saw some of the teams that really, you know, they weren't able to to deal with those tough, uh, those tough uh, conditions in some of these smaller, smaller venues. So, uh, you know, just really, you know, of course, you would have liked to have seen the NBA guys. That's probably, that's really unrealistic, but, you know, um, the early guys, you know, it'd be cool to see them, but you know, you still had a really high level, and also you had a chance for other guys to step up that uh, maybe not, uh, you know, maybe they wouldn't have gotten a, ch- a chance. You know, Andy Opes had, had hit three big threes for Germany in the in the uh, Georgia game. Uh, you had uh, Stefan Peno, twenty year old Serbian, has uh, obviously won a lot of hardware in the youth ranks. You know, played a huge role. Had uh, I think seventeen and nine assists uh, in the in the game against um, in the game against Georgia. Uh, in that same game, you had uh, Golga Badatze going against uh, you know having a chance to go against against um, uh, Radul- uh, Radulchka. Uh, you know, this this is just a fantastic uh, chance for these guys to to learn. The Bosnians, you know, Gagic was there. Obviously, Musa. Um and uh, uh, what's his name? The other, I think a twenty-two year old, uh, twenty-one, twenty-two year old for for Bosnia. And it's just a great chance for some of these guys, and, and also guys that that you know haven't played in a while. Um, Joaquim uh, Colom, you know, was fantastic for Spain. 
So I think you know, in general, you have to be really happy if if you're if you're FIBA, if you're the organizers of these events, of uh, these games, and and uh, you know, you have a feeling. And, it, it, and you heard in the press conferences the coaches and the players saying, you know, it was it was really a great learning experience and something that they could take for the next windows you know they're already thinking ahead to the next windows and what they can take out of these games so that when you go uh, and play the next games back out in february that they'll be ready so you know hat hats off to 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 everybody who put this all together it's i think it uh, you know there was a lot of unknown going into this even even just as 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 reason as you know a couple like a couple months ago you know players had no idea what was going going to go what was going to happen and and um but uh, i i didn't look at any figures haven't seen any figures as far as how many fans were there there were some sold out uh, crowds and you know there were some 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 good crowds here and there and so you know you have to be uh uh, in general, I think you have to be pleased. Um, and, you know, that Panathinaikos let their guys go. Uh, you know, the Greek guys, uh, Antikokombo, uh, Kaletis, uh, you know, that's a good sign, you know, that uh, Bal- uh, Balbay and, and Batuk uh, le- what came from, from Anadul Efes, you know, it's a good sign. So in general, you know, uh, there's a there's a value to this, and uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how how these guys, how these players, also no injuries, which is another good thing. Nobody really got hurt uh, that I can really remember. So you know that's always a, a major concern when anybody goes and plays for national team. You know in the summer that there's a there's somebody will get hurt, and then uh, but uh, you know I I'm looking forward already now to February and, and checking out those games then. Um, and, uh, so, you know, congratulations to the teams who won, um, and for the teams that didn't win, you know, it's, it's only the first of three windows for the qualifying and, and, and nothing is set in stone yet. If you're two and oh, you have a good, you know, you're definitely, uh, you definitely have a great chance of, of getting to the next round. And, uh, and, but if you're and two, it's not the end of the world. You still have plenty of time, uh, plenty of time to make up. Um, so teams, all the teams, all the players go back to their clubs and, and, uh, we get to look forward to February. So, uh, with that, uh, I'm going to head to the interview. Uh, I had a chance to, uh, originally I was going to do a piece on a player for, uh, for Paris, uh, Levalo, uh, the Euro cup team. And, uh, by the time I had gotten the interview set up, uh, uh, Daniel, Daniel uh, Valela had uh, been released from the club, and uh, so he was—he's uh, actually currently still looking for a job. This was a—I uh, a, uh, don't know—about ten days ago the interview, and uh, but I wanted to run it because it's a really fascinating interview. Uh, he is someone who has uh, you know gone through a military academy in the United States. Played played for Air Force at college. And uh, and then also played at the uh, military world military championships, and uh, for Team USA. So it was pretty. There's a lot of interesting aspects to to this interview. Um, again, you know, Dan, he's he's actually looking for a job right now. So if you're a club team and you're you know looking at for a shooter, you know, go grab him uh, with a lot of experience. Uh, so without further ado, here's my interview with uh, with uh, Dan. Valela, 
Uh, enjoy, and we'll catch you on the other side. All right, Daniel, let's, I guess let's just first start with, um, uh, I guess first start with maybe the current situation where you're at. Um, you were with um, uh, Paris Club Lavelle, La- Lavelle um, uh, from the beginning of the season and, and have, uh, have since uh, been released or... You know, whatever the situation is, maybe just give us an update on, on what your uh, what your current uh, status is. Uh, just currently, just trying to work on uh, getting getting uh, somewhere else. So um, right now, I'm still in Paris, um, but working out and staying sharp and ready. And um, my agents and on, you know, just gave me another deal. Yeah. So that's where we are right. How did you think you did uh, with? I mean, you were playing two different competitions in the in the regular French Pro A and then the Euro Cup. Maybe just your thoughts about how you performed. How I performed? Uh, it's kind of tough to say. I don't know. It's just uh, when I was on the floor, I felt like uh, uh, as a team, it was tough for us. You know, we had a, like a little bit of a bad streak, so. Um, at the time, I was when I was playing, so it's you know it's just one of those things where we're just trying to find our rhythm and you know trying to improve on things and practice and and whatnot. Um, so I, you know I, I wish things could have gone better, but yeah, sometimes it just doesn't. Yeah, I mean, you guys couldn't win a close game for your life, could you? Yeah, a couple of those, a lot of those games were pretty close, and they just couldn't pull it out at the end. But uh, you know, we just went back to the drawing board and kept on, you know, trying to work on things that we needed to work on, and it just shows the resilience of our team. And at the, you know, it's just it's not like a, we're gonna go out there and lay, you know, just lay down. But you know, we showed some good good fights and just couldn't pull it out at the end. But I was, I was from. When I was there, I was proud of my teammates, and uh, it was good to work with them and, and, uh, and play basketball there. Um, we'll come back to to kind of like maybe why and, and how it all worked out, but you know, this is your first season over here in, in Europe, um, yeah. and you know, you are let's say a little bit a little bit advanced in your career. Um, and you know, I'm sure you saw plenty of guys, you know, from Santa Cruz go over to Europe and probably even come back while you were still there. And you know, maybe what kind of what kind of thoughts did you have about Europe? And, and then coming over here, what did you what did you think about it? Uh, my thoughts on Europe. Uh, uh, just for me, it was just um, from working in the, in the G the D League, the G League now. Um, I was always one to be like, okay, well, I'm going to try to, you know, get a call up and, and work my way up that way. And uh, there was a couple times where it almost happened, but it just didn't go through. And um, I think the, the G League <coughs> for me was was good. It was good for me coming out of my military commitment and, uh, you know, being able to play with Santa Cruz and Austin. Um, so learning the NBA, the NBA game and playing with those guys and playing against great competition and um, and just you know just hooping so 
I think for me, it was, it was good um, coming over overseas. Didn't know too much about it. I've seen, you know, I heard stories and whatnot, and some good and some bad. But um, you know, after my last season in Austin, uh, I was just thinking, yeah, you know, it's time to go, you know, and try to explore those kind of waters. And uh, I was fortunate and blessed enough to get an opportunity with the uh, Um and, and you know, the deal came through in, in the early part of summer. So, uh, no, European games. It's the, obviously the games are different, um, but you know, I just feel uh, uh, my game compliments. It can go either way. I played a lot and at the Air Force Academy. Played in the Princeton offense, which is is a it's based on a European set. So I mean, I get the actions and and playing in the uh, in the actual Air Force against some teams um, for international teams, international play and and um, military competitions against European teams. You know we. Played like again, played FIBA rules and played teams from European countries. You know, so I've seen it, I've been exposed to it, and I do enjoy playing in it. Um, it's a lot of, it's just a different style. So I always feel like I can adapt to the situation. Um, so it's 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 good either way. So you enjoy playing in it, then? I mean, you know, a lot of people, you know, people, let's say, from Americans who come over, you know, it's, you know, it takes getting used to and stuff like that, and, you know, I mean, there's definitely some, you know, some different rules, and, but, you know, as far as movement of, of, of player and ball, you know, there's a lot more of it, and, and so it's something that you really enjoy playing that? Yeah, I don't have a problem, yeah, I have a problem playing Basketball is basketball, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, as, as long as you're able to play and have fun and you know do what you do, it's it's a it's a good game, you know. So um, no, I don't have I don't have any issues playing European basketball. Um, you were, you were born in Oklahoma City, kind of I guess. Yeah. Uh, went through Texas, finally ended up in 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 Washington, uh, Washington State. Um, Maybe where did where did basketball kind of come into your life? How did that how did that uh, sort of uh, let's say take hold of you? Oh man, it's just a very it's just a coincidence. Maybe um, it's just one of those circumstances where you have uh, a, a young kid, and I was playing with my when my neighbor, um, they had a basketball hoop. We were playing one day and just shooting around. And his dad coached one of the youth teams. So uh, he had, he was asking me like after a couple times I come over and played with this with his friend. It was like one of my best friends coming like you know coming up growing up. Um, he was asking me like. Have you played basketball and have you ever played like on a team? I said, nah. <laughs> I usually, I only play like, I started playing like fifth and sixth grade, like fifth grade, like at recess, like outside, like on break during school. So, but like, 
he came to me and he said, have you ever played? Do you want to play? I said, yeah, but I just don't know if my dad is going to let me. My dad, at the time, you know, I never had played sports before. None of my none of my brothers, I'm the oldest, um, but none of my younger brothers had played. And I was the first one to be able to play, you know, organize sports. And my uh, neighbor's dad came over to the house and, and asked my dad and, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll drive him to practice, and I just really think he's good, and we want to coach him, and, you know, that's kind of how it started. So, um, I was just fortunate to have a neighbor whose dad saw something in me and wanted to, you know, ask my parents, because, you know, I had asked before, but it was, they never really let me. So, it was it was nice to, to have a, my neighbor's dad, you know, see that and and want to do something to get me into organized sports and and so this is up in washington already right yeah this is when i was up in washington sixth grade sixth grade so it's at uh, what 12 something like that yeah yeah 12 12 years old yeah and 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 when did you let's say when did you start kind of have basketball role models and who were they well, that happened before that. That happened before. Uh, when I was like, I think I was like five, Sean Kemp came to one of the schools. I was, he came to our school, <laughs> and he picked me. Uh, I was sitting like right in front of him. He picked me uh, to come up and get an autograph from, from him. And that's when I started. Like, I was so happy. I was a little kid. Like, I was only, I was sitting, you know, across cross-legged just looking at him and then everybody's like uh he's like hey who wants an autograph and i just i was looking at him like you know everybody's you know yeah me screaming and having their hands up and everything like that and i was just sitting there just like looking at him like uh, maybe he'll pick me maybe he won't and he picked me and i got up there <laughs> he dude was so tall like and i just remember like i was just quiet shy kid so i just remember like kind of like spinning around and being all happy as he gave me this signed pennant, you know, Seattle Supersonic pennant. It's just this happy kid. And uh, I still have this pen- that pennant to this day, but um, I watched a lot of this, the Supersonics. Um, watched Michael Jordan, obviously. I really liked Penny Hardaway. Um, Ray Allen. And the players kind of changed just the, the way they I would kind of emulate people. So it would be like, you know, Jamal Crawford was one of those guys when I was in high school that I started watching. Um, who else? Man, like Dwayne Wade and Kobe and Ray Allen. So, uh, you know, I've, I've watched a lot of people and, um, you know, taking things from everybody that I watch from. So how far were you from Seattle then? Just it's not even that far. It's uh, it just depends on traffic. <laughs> <laughs> so it really does. It's maybe like 25, 25, 30 minutes. Okay. Okay. From Seattle. Okay. So it's it's more or less metropolitan Seattle. Well, from the suburbs. Um. So just to get to the, it just depends what part of Seattle you're trying to get to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. Um. And then uh, I think I saw somewhere that um, 
you weren't you really weren't able to get anything uh you were kind of mainly looking at pac 10 now pac 12 schools and uh, they were all kind of saying you know you know no scholarship but you can walk on and then air force came around and said you know hey we're going to give you a full ride um how did that uh how did that all come about yeah yeah i mean we were doing I mean, we're getting letters in the mail, and you know, all the kids get letters. But uh, we started doing trips, and a lot of the Pac, Pac-12 now, but Pac-10 teams at the time were just—they were just saying, you know, we'll we like you, we just feel like we need you to walk on. And I was just kind of like, nah, I mean, I, I just didn't feel that way. So, uh, yeah, I just I just didn't feel that way, and. Uh, Air Force was one of those teams that kept on calling. Like I would, <laughs> I would keep. On, I would always try to duck their calls and stuff like that. But they were, they were always uh, the ones that were just pretty, very persistent. And and then they ended up being the choice, the, the the place that I went to. So um, I think it was just a war of attrition for Air Force. I think. <laughs> Why do you say that you were avoiding their calls? No, I, think, yeah, just, I mean I know you weren't avoiding you know, their calls, but necessarily, but I, I was just like one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, being from Seattle, you want to play. I mean, it's just one of those things where you just want to play for the, the home team. Like I wanted to go to UW. My mom went to UW, uh, and I, if it wasn't UW, like any kind of. Northwest Pac-10 team would have been nice, like or like Oregon State or Washington State. Uh, you know, Oregon; those teams would have been nice, but you know, it didn't happen that way. So it is what it is. And Air Force, refresh my memory. Where is that? Colorado Springs, Colorado. Oh, Colorado Springs. Okay, so I mean, that's not that bad. I mean, it's still the western third of the states. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. Colorado, it's a it's Colorado Springs. It's a, it's a nice town. It's beautiful. It's got great scenery and uh, pretty good weather. It snows a lot. Not that bad. And for somebody who doesn't know really, you know, anything about you know, let's say Army, Navy, Air Force, and Army, Navy, Army, Navy. They're more further out on the east. But you know, like the any of the military universities, how would you describe it? Uh, uh, that somebody doesn't know the service academies. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's just well, it's not. It's not. You know, people think it's like college, but it's not. Like I always say, I, I never went to college. I don't know what that's like. I went to a military institution. That's what I always say. Um, but. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things where the service academies are are places where they prepare the the cadets or the midshipmen or uh, the army guys um, for the next phase of protecting the USA. So um, they're they're I think they're very prestigious institutions. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of money that's put into all of it, and it, it's it's a hard thing to go get into, and it's a hard thing to go through. And but once you complete it, it's uh, it's one of those things that you look back on and 
and be grateful that you uh, you went through it. So, um, and that's for me. Like some of the best best friends that I got are from you know the military, and and uh, so I'm I'm grateful for that. You're, you're the son of two um, first generation immigrants from from Nigeria. Um, was was military was uh, you know serving you know you know in the USA uh, armed forces was that something that you had thought about I mean uh, or, or or really was it was it something that kind of Air Force um, kind of just maybe brought up said you know you know or, or sort of said you know this is something that you would do you know you have a chance to play basketball as well and you have a full ride and all this other stuff but you know this is something else that you can do it was it something that you had kind of thought about as well uh no i if i no if i'm honest no i, I think it's more of the latter where uh you know air force academy was very persistent and uh um took a visit out there and uh, had a good time. Um, I never thought about being in the military when I was growing up. Never thought about it at all. Um, but it was it was a chance to do something different and and be among the the best and the brightest. So uh, I think I think going and going through it was it was a it was a good thing to experience for me. But I mean, this is boot camp, right? I mean, at the very beginning, at least, right? Yeah, this is boot camp. See so ya. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely, yeah, it's definitely. Uh, how close boot were? Camp. How close? Well, I guess first question is like how, how, uh, how soon did you really start thinking? Oh my God, what did I get myself into? And then, like, when were you starting to think? Oh, maybe I really don't want to do this. And how did you? Then persevere and say, "Yeah, let's do this." I think <laughs> I think it was the first day where I was like, uh, <laughs> "I remember like we go through the we had like a <laughs> like a lecture, go to the lecture hall. There's like a meeting, you know, uh, the commander because I went to the prep school first, so the commander of the prep school." gave his speech and you know he said <laughs> the last thing he said was good luck <laughs> and so everybody's gathering we're getting out as soon as we hit the doors our cadre was in our faces get on your face like it was one of those things where it was just shock you just get shocked and so we were just it gives the immediate physical strenuous you know doing all the high knees the jumps the the push-ups, the sit-ups, you know, sweating hard. So it was just one of those things where I was just like, wow, I can't believe this is happening right now. Uh, but, you know, going through the prep school and <laughs> going through the prep school definitely prepared for what was going to happen at the academy, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, it was that first day where I was just like, what did I just, what did I do? <laughs> but the whole time that the whole time there were the coaches like we had a meeting before we actually enrolled in the prep school like on campus at, I think and they were just saying you know just you know stay together um, like this is what's gonna happen and so we got prepped before we even went in so 
you just can't expect it, but you just don't know the gravity of what's about to happen until you actually go through those doors and experience it. So. And so it was kind of the the relationship bonding, I guess you want to call it, whatever, with the, the with the other guys on the basketball team that kind of helped you kind of persevere at the sort of at the beginning and to, to go through with it. Hello. Yeah. Oh boy. You you kind of you kind of hurt you, you kind of stuck together with the guys on the basketball team and that kind of helped you stay. I missed that. You were out. You were cut out for yeah, ten okay. seconds. You you uh, it was kind of the relationship with the the other basketball players that kind of kept you staying staying uh, to stick uh, around. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, for me, it was just. Academy and our first coach leaves after the after our first year. You know, we go to the NCAA and our our coach leaves, and so we're like, okay. And after the second year, our coach, the, the new coach, who was the assistant coach, was head coach. He leaves, and then at that point, after our sophomore year, it was kind of like we're all, all all the sophomore class. My class was kind of like, well, people are saying, well, I got offers to go to this place. Uh, I got offers to go to this place, and you know, people were talking about leaving, and uh, we sat down, and it just came to the point where I think it was during the summer or before, yeah, during the summer at the end of sophomore year, we just sat down and it was just like after Coach Vizdela came through, we just sat down, and I mean, we had a good squad. I felt like our squad. Our class was was really good. Um, we had a lot of talent, and um, we just had a meeting and just sat down and said, you know, we could do a lot of good things. If we stay, you know, together. We could we could do a lot of good things at this place, and you know, put really put Air Force basketball on the map. And I think for me, it was that Coach Buzz Dalkin having him like having an NBA coach um, come to the Air Force Academy and sat me down and we talked the first time and uh, he just said some stuff uh, and kind of instilled this kind of belief in we, what we could do if we stayed and uh, for me that was that was kind of one of the sticking points for me. That was really the main sticking point was you know Coach Bizdelic being there um, and that kind of it propelled me to stay. So, yeah, for sure. Um, then, so, because uh, I really don't know, graduate just over to an Air, of Air Force then Academy, uh, you know, I've seen there's the five-year commitment. What exactly uh, are you committed to, to, let's say, fulfilling then upon your graduation? Obligated to serve five years. So, although um, they say, although they say, like, oh, the, the the stipulation is you're serving after you're you, you're paying it back by your service, your obligation. That's you know pretty much it. Okay. Um, 
You were you were first Mountain uh, all uh, all Mountain West first conference uh, team, and uh, you know you guys went to the NIT Final Four your last year. Um, and you know I've seen that there was you know some some talk that the, the Spurs were kind of interested in bringing you in. Um, maybe talk about a little bit about that whole that whole time for you. You know we're talking you know you know spring you know early summer whatever 2007. Uh, yeah. You know you knew that the commitment was there that you had with the Air Force. Maybe just talk about how that whole situation kind of. Uh, what do you recall and, 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 and how it kind of, uh, you know, yeah, just, you know, your feelings going on in that, t- in that time frame? Uh, it was just one of those things where it was like, man, we did really, we did really well uh, our four years in that senior year. We did, we did pretty good. I felt like we should have been NCAA tournament, but it didn't happen that way. And we just continued business in the NIT and uh, did really well in NIT. Um, uh, and afterwards, because we did well collectively, I did well um, individually, and there was some interest from some NBA teams, and I had worked out with a few um, during my summer. And the whole time they're asking me, like, you know, are you going to be able to get out? And the, at the rule, the rule at the time was, you know, you'd have to if you're drafted. Uh, if you're drafted, you can you serve two years. So, um, it was just one of those things where there's teams looking at me, but, um, I went undrafted and there's even a a side story on the undrafted, getting close to being drafted by a team, but, um, I went through the summer and didn't have the summer league and then I get to my base. Agents call me. He's like, "Hey, man, the Spurs want to get. They want to bring you in." And I just got to my first base, so I'm like thinking, "This is this is like tough timing." And and I talked to my commander, my new commander, <clears throat> my new contracting commander, and uh, you know, he had me do some work before I left, but he he let me go to uh, to open open workout. Overrun for the Spurs, and I I played really well there, um, and and then the coach Coach Pop talked to me. He said, he, and they wanted to bring me back for a camp, and so I went back to uh, my base, and and I had this great news, and you know they want to bring me back for training camp, and you know I really felt at the time like I was like, okay, yeah, you know Spurs are if it would be any. NBA team would be Spurs. You know, just the style of play. Just you know, Coach Pop is an Air Force grad. You know, how they run their organization is first class. Um, you know the guys that they have. And you know, I was like, okay, you know, I, I really do believe that I, I could fit in here and and play and 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 help the team. And so um, it was one of those things where it was you know my obligation to the Air Force. Uh, was what I needed to do, and so I wasn't. You know, after having a discussion with my my contracting commander, I wasn't able to go because of a uh, uh, contracting training. So yeah, I wasn't able to go, and uh, it was one of those times where I was just, you know, a hard time because I, you know, it's just, you know, your dream's right there. And exactly. Right saying, in front this of is you. your life dream that you've been working on. You got an obligation to do, and yeah. you know. Uh, it was it's it's tough to have your 
literally right there. Um, but I don't know if you can hear me right now. This might be stupid. No, I can hear you. I can hear. You. I can hear. You. Um, and and so oh. so so there was no way you're getting out of it, right? There's no way you you would have been able to go to the Spurs, right? Because of that five year commitment. Yeah, for yeah, it was one of those things where it was the, the I mean, it's binding. You know, contracting was yeah, it is binding, and I mean, there's exceptions to the rule, but uh-huh. you know, I explored I, I explored that uh, many times, and and uh, it just didn't work out. I explored it a few times, and it so didn't work out. If you had, time. if you had been drafted, you would have had to only serve two of the of that five year then, and then you could yeah. go on to the NBA to the or whatever club. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and and so I've, I've seen uh, served in Afghanistan uh, mm-hmm. and Saudi Arabia is that it? is that right? It? yeah I mean for, for somebody yeah. who, who who doesn't know really much about the Air Force let's you know tell people a little bit about about that experience you know what kind of things were were you dealing with Afghanistan, I don't really talk too much about it, but it's like, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a very, it's a very intense situation, a hundred percent of the time, you're on high alert, um, and Again, I got to work with a lot of great people out there from the Marines, um, from the Navy, uh, from the Army. Uh, you know, just doing a mission out there. So, uh, but, but it's one of those things where I don't, I don't really talk about. Yeah, I was deployed to Afghanistan. I was there for almost seven months um, doing contracting work. So, I mean, that's pretty much what I was doing. Um, but as far as like, it's it's still a a war. War. At the time, it was one of those places. Kandahar is one of those places where uh, the most activity going on. So uh, yeah, and then Saudi Arabia was um, still some stuff happening, but. Not to the degree of Afghanistan. Uh, again, I was doing contracting work out there, uh, six, six and a half months. Um, and when you say but, contracting work, is that? I mean, I'm not gonna say office work, but what is what is what kind of things are you doing there? Uh, for Afghanistan, it was it was supporting the guys and and teaching them what they could what they could and could not buy outside. Uh, when they were in the field so you know there's I had uh, how many teams I had like 200 two man teams um, that I was in charge with and uh, they would go to their respective groups brigades that type of deal and whenever they would go out um I had to advise them what they could and couldn't buy with the, with with funds that they were getting. So um, just to support their mission that they're doing outside in the field. 
Um, and then they would cut, they would have to come back monthly and get audited by me. Um, you know, and I had to do briefings every Saturday, every week, and talk to hundred plus people every week on on the the training that they needed. So, um, and then for Saudi Arabia, it was it was different. I was a contracting officer of, of the base on my side of the base. Um, had like just one other person, and ended up having to. Uh, that was that was a little bit different. I was more uh, putting out fires and trying to help uh, the mission out there as well with the with the Saudi Arabians. So, so much more good. much more in harm's way than let's say in um, in Afghanistan than in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I mean, I can't I can't really exactly say. Of course, of uh, course. But it's, but it's one. It was. It was not as bad, yeah, it was not as bad, mm -hmm. so. Well, what's the biggest positive that you take from the whole experience that you that you had uh, serving in those in locations like that? Uh, the biggest positive, um, I think just working with the different people. I mean, you meet, you meet a lot of people from uh, the Navy and the Marines and just working with um, the the local people as well. So just learning about different cultures, learning about different people in, in different situations. Um, uh, you just learn to be more uh, mission focused and and you know just taking a day at a time um, when you're you're in an intense environment like Afghanistan. Um, but and it was just, I don't know, the, the bonds are obviously greater. The bonds that the bonds that are formed during, you know, like a wartime are some of the strongest bonds you could ever have. Like, so, um, so that you meet people and um, stay in touch and become good friends during times like that. So, I mean, there's good and bad, obviously, um, but... There's there's parts of it where you can you can see the good in it. When, when was when was both Afghanistan and Saudi Arabia? I mean, I know you finished obviously Air Force in in '07. When when were you there? And you said, I think it was eight months and six and a half months. But when what 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 uh, when you, what years were those? Uh, 2010 and it was 2010 and 2011 and they were about they were approximately like six and a half months each. Okay. 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 Um. 2010, 2011. Um, yep. uh, I saw somewhere 2009 flight to the World Military Championships. Is that correct? Yep. Uh, um, so are, this whole time, are you are you trying to stay fit basketball wise? I mean, on bases or whatever. Uh, how how are you doing that? I mean, uh, just a facility on the on bases, or or, or what are you? How are you trying? How, how are you? I mean, you're, you're you're basically very close to being an NBA player, and now you're you know you're doing contracting work in Afghanistan. Uh, how do you? How do you keep keep up to you know sort of the level you feel like you need to stay at? Uh, well, there's okay. So, like, ever since day one of being at my first base in 
in Biloxi, Mississippi, Keesler Air Force Base, ever since day one. Um, I was, after, it would, either, it would either be base league, which they had a base league, um, you know, play competition against other bases, or there'd be the all Air Force team or the U.S. Armed Forces team, and those things happen a couple, a couple times a year. Um, but for me, it was go to work, come back, get back to my place, take a little break, then go back to the to the base, to the gym, and work out. And that was like every day. If I wasn't deployed or something wasn't going on. That was every day, my whole time, my five years. You're counting down, day. five years. <laughs> five yeah. years, I'm ready, I can get out of here and start flying again. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my mentality. It's just well, like, okay, uh-huh. just, just stay ready, you know? So it was just a grind. And some people, when they hear it, they don't really kind of, they don't really understand. I don't think they really know or kind of understand because it's, you know, you go into your job, you go into military, you got to do your work and, you know, you got PT in the morning or whatever it is, you go to work and then you come back and you go back to work on your craft, you know, so, you know, basketball and and staying in the gym and, and, you know, so, yeah, man, it was uh, those five years and just doing that kind of work is... It's different. <laughs> to put it mildly. It's different. So how does how does um is the is the the World Military Championship then? Is that a USA basketball organized event? I mean, is it USA basketball picking you guys? Uh, it's not USA basketball picking us. It's it's under the umbrella of USA basketball because it's USA Armed Forces. It's, yeah, it's the Armed Forces part part of USA. I think we're under the umbrella. Okay. Don't don't quote me on that. But you know, we got USA across our chest. I'm pretty sure it is under the umbrella of US basketball. Um, but again, that's that's even that is good competition. That's FIBA. That's playing against other military countries, and some of those teams had pros on them. And, you know, and for instance, when we played China, we played, uh, we played one guy that was in the NBA, you know, so, and a couple of guys, I forgot the guy's name, but um, he played in the league, and uh, and a couple of guys played in the Olympics, too, so, I mean, it's like, it was great competition, um, a lot of the times that we played against the European military teams, it was great competition. And, and what, what was that like for you? I mean, you're you're playing with USA in your chest. You're playing in a foreign country, and yeah. and you're playing at a world championship. It must have been pretty cool. Yeah, it's a good experience. I get to you know play basketball and um, you know play for the USA Armed Forces team. That was fun, and and my teammates were great. <laughs> a lot of is a lot there, of is there any day people would know that 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 was on your team there. Uh, yeah, uh, Bernard James, I think he's playing in China right now, or he might be playing in China, but he played with the Dallas Mavericks, and uh, he went to Florida State, he played with the Dallas Mavericks, he played in China, but yeah, yeah, him, he's the main guy, 
that played with that made it up top. Um, yeah, Bernard, Bernard, yeah. Um, yeah, man, it's, a, it's just a good, it's just a good event. You get out, you get to travel, you get to play against different competition. For me, that was that was always a time to let loose. So it was fun. And how did how did you get selected for that then? Oh, uh, you go through. Oh, uh, there's an armed forces tournament where it's the army, the navy, the marines, and the air force. And then from that tournament, they select the U.S. armed forces team. Okay. Okay. So they grab team players from each each uh, service. All right, so we're talking 2012. The the you know, you're, the, the, the months are, you know, down to single digits, you know, you're yeah. talking a couple of weeks, how, how what, what's the process of you then going from military life to uh, trying to start your basketball career five years after you finished, um, let's call it college, I know we, we said that it's basically not necessarily college, but you know, you're your college eligibility, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, countdown. Uh, you just go through the process of out processing at the Air Force and getting all your stuff moved out. And, and uh, yeah, I went back to Seattle and um, I was just trying to prepare. Like that summer, I was just trying to prepare for whatever was going to happen. So um, I had a couple workouts. Uh, and then I had a op- I had like a daily workout, like a open workout. What is it? Like open tryout? That's what it is. A daily open tryout for Santa Cruz, and that's when they picked me up and I started just getting on my professional career that way. So it was through open open trial with the D League. So I imagine you're pretty excited. Uh, yeah, I mean, I get to. I'm still playing ball, and um, I get to play ball after all these years. And yeah, I was, I was very excited. Um, how close were you to getting called up? Oh man, <laughs> uh, pretty close. That what's it? Wait, quick, 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 quick. Santa Cruz? Did they have an affiliate? Oh, Warriors. So you were with Golden State then. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I was. We were affiliated with Golden State, but it wasn't like so. The any team, I mean, any NBA team can pick from. Oh, that's team. true. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Is that from, is that still the case now, or almost everybody yeah. has affiliation? You can still take anybody from any team. Yeah, yeah, I think, but almost every team has an affiliate. But yeah, you can you can pick from and plot from wherever. Okay. Okay. So, how close were you to to coming? And when, when was this? Uh, this is my second year in the D League. Uh, towards the end of the year, uh, and uh, yeah, I just I almost got caught. I was really close, and they ended up taking a, a veteran guy. So that just got it got squashed. But that was close, and uh, and then that's and then after the season. The team wanted me to come in for summer league, and but I had to get my shoulder operated on, and it's just, it's just 
crazy timing. I mean, just getting hit with things at crazy times, man. Um, but I got through the soldier, the shoulder injury and surgery two times, and we got back on my horse and kept on kept on riding. So. And so soldier, so uh, that that cost you a whole season. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I think I was. I was on schedule. I was doing all the stuff I was supposed to be doing. I was on schedule, but my shoulder was like I had surgery in May of fourteen. Yeah, is that fourteen? Thirteen? Yep. And then, uh, so I was thinking, okay, I'll come back by the end of the year. Um, but my shoulder was acting upright, and and then. I was going, I was going, flying back and forth between Santa Cruz and Seattle, and doing a lot of rehab, and you know, I could figure out what was going on my shoulder, and then I finally got up to Seattle, like in uh, 2015, like January. Kept on going back, kept on going back, and then finally they're like, "Okay, we got to go back in there." Like we've done everything, we've done, we did the cortisone, we did, we did rehab, we done everything that you can do and uh, it just ended up being uh, some stuff that didn't dissolve right like the suture knots didn't dissolve so it was it was inhibiting my shoulder range of motion it kept on it was bugging me so they went in there cleaned it out and my shoulder felt great afterwards but it cost me the whole season so otherwise I, I feel like I would have been back a lot earlier if it wasn't the case yeah. so it's like Again, it's just one of those things. Like I've been <laughs> with some things at times where it's just, just like, man, why is why is this happening or whatever it may be, you know? And that's and that's the right right shoulder shooting shooting shoulder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um. So after all the years with with uh, Santa Cruz, you move over to Austin. Um. Yeah. Maybe just. Thoughts about being sort of, I guess, closer affiliated to the Spurs, and maybe how much different is it? You know, not necessarily comparing Warriors and 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 the Spurs, uh, but just being in a different. You know, how, how different can these organizations be uh, in general? Oh, uh, well, I think uh, I think that. Uh the Warriors, the Warriors, Santa Cruz is is run, uh, you know, it's run really, really well. Um, front office down, you know, top though, like <laughs> very top. It was run like very well. So it's like uh, I don't know about by any other team, um, but I know Santa Cruz. They really, uh, you know, put a lot of. of of time and effort into, and I'm sure that's the case with every team. But I just feel uh, Santa Cruz does it does a really good job with how they run their operations and um, in Santa Cruz. And same thing, same thing is with Austin. You know, it comes from the from the Spurs, and you know, Spurs are like I said before, first class organization. So it's not. I mean, you're not gonna. You're not gonna find things out of place there, you know. So I found my experience with both teams very, uh, very positive. So. 
And were you close to making it back up to? Uh, were you were were you close to a call up maybe with uh, Austin at all? Or I don't I don't believe so. No. Uh-huh. So season ends last season. Um, right. You know you you mentioned that. Uh, you know maybe it's time to do something. What what sparked? Uh, you know. Was it a, you know, let's give up on the NBA and let's, you know, go see something else? You know, what kind of, uh, what kind of sparked the move to Europe? I don't think it was anything like uh, give up on the NBA. I think it was just more like, uh, uh, I'll just do something different. You know, the D-League is great, um, but I wanted to do something different. So I think it was just more, more of that. And so, looking overseas was was the option that I wanted to pursue. Uh-huh. Yeah. Biggest biggest misconception that you had coming over, and you saw that it's totally not true. Coming over to Europe. Uh, you know what? I, I think I was very blessed and fortunate to get to get the deal that I got. So I can't. So I can't like. I can't speak on the misconception because I've heard it before. Like I've heard, I've heard stories from people on what goes on uh, in Europe, and so uh, in some places, not everywhere, in some places. So, you know, I, I was definitely uh, blessed to, to get the the deal that I got the first the first out the first time out. Um, so, you know, that's all I can say about that point right there. Yeah. Um. You're 33? Yeah, 33, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're basically in Paris right now looking for a job. Um, yeah. You know, how, how much more basketball do you think you still have in you? I feel like I have a lot of basketball still left. I mean, I, the thing is you got to realize, like, I didn't play those five years. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> so I've got... I don't have the the typical thirty three year old legs, and on top of that, I take care. I, I really, I really uh, take pride in taking care of my body. Um, it's eating right, getting rest, um, doing all the things necessary to take care of my body. I've talked to I've talked to different pros uh, on the NBA level and and the European level uh, about taking care of their body and 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 gathered all that knowledge so you know it's it's really something i take pride in and kind of preserving my body so i feel like you know i could play for a for a while longer you know so are there any goals that you have over here over here ah right now to get a job (laughs) (laughs) and then then play as long as you can at the highest level you can absolutely yeah i mean why not you know, um, basketball is something that I've always loved to do, and when I'm in the gym, I I feel like I'm at home, like literally home away from home. So, and that's you know that's any gym. So, for me to play uh, basketball, it's fun, it's enjoyable, and you know you just talk to different people, and you know you see like in the NBA, you see people like Manu who's I don't know 39, 40. Right, it's just playing, <laughs> and uh, I just watched on League Pass 
what's his name? Kyle Corver's 36, and Jamal Crawford. You know, Jamal. Jamal's 30. I forget. 37, I think. But he's a young, like he's young. He's taking care of his body, you know. So, you know, it's possible. Ray Allen was 30, 39 when he's done. It's possible, you know. Anything's possible. You just gotta take care of your body. And so, yeah, can I play for a long time? Yeah, why not? Can, do I want to pursue going to the highest level out here? Why not? What do you think about the level? You know, I mean, you played against your first game was against against Dasha Faka, who played. EuroLeague last year, you know, Unis Kassan is uh, is a pretty hot, pretty high, you know, pretty good team in, in Russia. Andorra is in the Spanish league. Um, yeah. You know, what what do you think about the level? Uh, no, it's it's definitely a, it's just different style, but the level is still higher, and there's different rules to the game, obviously. Hmm. So, but <coughs> excuse me, not the level is high. Uh, it's high level basketball and you know that's the type of basketball I love to play in absolutely competing in that in those kind of situations um, against good guys you know good players good caliber players I love that um, so I mean I, I had a lot of fun you know the, yeah, that's David Blatt's team I, I had a lot of fun yeah. that was that was fun you know that was fun that was absolutely a fun time um, uh, so you had like six, six seven weeks or so um, why are you going to be better, for, you know, from that experience going into your next team? Uh, say again. Why? What? What have you? What have you learned from the six, seven weeks, whatever it was, uh, of action that's going to make you better when you when you get your next team and you're able to get back on the court again for somebody? Uh, just learning from the guys. I mean, you can't. Kind of, you can't really kind of beat the experience playing with people like Boris, like Boris Diaw or Flo, Beatrice, you know, Clement. Clement's great. Um, uh, you know, Lou, Lou's been, he, he, Lou, Lou's 39. You know, he's playing and he's 39. It's like, you know, these guys. You're actually so at 33, still almost a young pup in, in, on that team. What's that? You're almost a young pup on that team, even at 33. No, man. We had a we had a, we had a couple young guys. We had a lot of young guys. So actually, yeah, you did. And 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 those are some of the top prospects that France have. With um, uh, you had uh, you have uh, what's his name? Um, uh, the two thousand one born, the sixteen year old, right? Um, I don't know. Sixteen? No, I don't think. Isn't that what? what are you, no, wait. Is he on a different? Maybe he's on a different team. Um, ah, no, no, I'm thinking Asbel. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We have Ferrer. Ivan. Yeah, we got a couple like, young guys, yeah. yeah. Um, my teammates, they're great, though. You know, good guys. Always hard work and out. European champion with, with uh, Prepolich. Yeah, yeah. Also, it was a good experience to, you know, kind of just see see them and how they work and 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 also work with them you know so you know i had a good time here and you know i'll take take lessons learned and, and go to the next uh, the next opportunity. okay um 
Can we go back? Can we go just back to Air Force? Um, you know, there's there's not really a lot of you guys uh, who have been able to make it to, let's say, the next level. Sort of stay a professional, you know, head out to professional basketball. Uh, I guess actually a guy you probably know pretty well with uh, Jacob Burchie. You know, he was he was out. Uh, yeah. He played in Germany for a few years, uh, Spain, and um, maybe your best recollection of of Burchie and, and and maybe why you think it is that. You know some of the some of the guys who are playing basketball there. Uh, is it just because after the military commitment they just kind of uh, decide to to you know pursue something more with the things they learned in the military and not go back to basketball or what? What would you say is the sort of the the the, the reasoning on that? Oh, uh, you have to understand. She got out early, <laughs> so. That was another thing. He graduated with us, but he got out early. Oh, he did. I guess he played 2010 already, didn't he? Yeah, so he got out early. But um, now there's our our class was very talented. Like we, I think a lot of our the team, a lot of our players in our class could have been playing sure overseas if they if they would allow, you know. Um, Matt McCraw, Nick Welch, Antoine, who was before us, AJ Cool, who was before us. If we were allowed to go play overseas, I'm sure, I'm sure they would done very well overseas. Um, so, uh, but like I said, we had a talented group. I think if they're not, they're not really interested, in it, then they'll. Then they don't. I mean, I don't think it's timing and you know what they want to do. I can't really speak on what any of the players wanted to do. I can only speak for myself, where I had this fire in me to pursue this thing, you know, no matter what. And you know, that's what I've done. So I think, and everything that has happened has only you know fueled that fire for me. Everything that happened as far as like not being able to go to camp and stuff like that, you know, that's that's fire for me. So it's like uh, one of those things where I just had things that keep me going. Yeah, I felt like I was going to go regardless, but there's, you know, circumstances and situations where they would fan the flame, you know, a little bit harder. So, uh, yeah. Uh, last question. I saw, I saw somewhere that uh, there was a mention that uh, national team Nigeria. Is that correct? That, uh, yeah. That you were kind of fighting to maybe play for Nigeria. Is that? Yeah. I, like, uh, was that last, last summer? Not this past summer, but Six summer before. <laughs> was that last summer? Was it before yeah, the Olympics? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just. Yeah. 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 Um, it was just one of those uh, trial things. <laughs> I shot the ball terrible <laughs> during that time. I just couldn't hit a bucket. Um, but yeah, I had a good time, you know, playing playing with the national team that for the time that I played with them. Uh, went out to China, um, played some teams out there, and came back and and. That's why we parted ways, but uh, it was a good time, good experience, and being able to talk to some of those players too. Um, Ike Diagu, who's a good guy, you know, playing in China. Uh, 
so there was a lot. He was a captain of the team, and just being able to see see players like him, and you know, like Shane Lawal, uh, and just see how they work too. So it's like you know, along this basketball journey, it's it's uh, it's been there's been things and places where I've gone and people that I see and and take from and get to you know kind of knowledge from them. Is that something you like to produce, uh, pursue more, or, or is it, was it just kind of that summer? Was just kind of maybe just you know testing the waters and, and just didn't work out, and, and that's gonna not gonna pursue. Yeah, it just, yeah, just testing the waters. Of, yeah, I was just testing the waters that that summer. Okay. All right. Well, Dan, uh, Daniel, appreciate it. Appreciate your time. Uh, good luck. Uh, Good luck finding another team. I mean, there's there's so many teams and out here, and you know that uh, I'm sure there's yeah a little perseverance, a little patience, and something will work out. Absolutely, that's what I believe. Hey, thank you very much, David. I really appreciate the time and and the interview. It's Gladly, been great. Gladly. It's been fun. Okay. Um. Yeah. You know, you, listening to it, you really have to. You really have to think, you know, how hard it must have been. You, you know, you have this dream, and 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 really, it's it's there to be taken, and um, and he can't take it. He can't take it because of this commitment that he has, and you know, just the just the 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 fortitude to go and and keep working every day for five years, knowing that you know the dream of playing professional basketball is on hold for those five years, but, you know, you definitely want to play and that he was able to do it, that he played, you know, he was close a couple of times in the, uh, in the D league, now G league. And, uh, I think it's probably, uh, you know, he's, I don't think he's going to make it to the NBA anymore, you know, uh, at the increased age and, and, but, uh, you know, there's, I think there's still plenty of game in there. You know, he's, uh, his body is not as old as most players at his age, and so he's—he's. He's, uh, I think he's still got a couple of years left in him, and wish him the best. Uh, thank you very much to, to to Dan for for sharing his tale, and having a wonderful conversation with me. Um, so that's going to be the show. Uh, next week I will be back in Germany, so looking forward to being back home. Last thing I need to let you know is what you're going to be listening to. Song's called Everyday Cowboy, and it is by Cellophane Sam. It's on freemusicarchive.org. Enjoy it. And uh, enjoy getting back to club basketball. And uh, we will talk to you next week from, from Germany. So take care.
Hey, doing this is Andre Blatch from the Philippine national team. You are listening to Taking the Charge. 